When it's all said and done. When the pads are all packed up. The refs have packed away the whistles. And the parking lots are empty. One show with three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Rugby lose. Please welcome AH, Chris and Rose. We are in for something special tonight. This is the back row. Footy from the cheap seats on Triple M. Whoa, well, a big shout-out there to Coach Flanagan, backed up by his notebook and gal. Wow. He gave us a really, really unique insight in pointing out the ten mistakes, count them ten, ten. that the referees made against Cronulla. He said, imagine if they cost them the grand final. <laughs> All ten of them. I think they'll cost you about two grand each. Yeah, Flano. Wow. Now, look, the Cowboys, Ooh. resilient, they were brilliant. Yeah, they did. Now, Dan Ganane was concerned that uh, Townsville might be a light when the bunker may have disallowed a try to Taumalolo, but mm. uh, I don't believe it's a light, but we hear that at least one 300 Smiles Stadium is now <laughs> going quite nicely as the fans <laughs> celebrate an amazing win. Mm. Our props to Dan Ganane, Bill Harrigan, Gordon Tallis, Ryan Girdler and Brent Reid on the sideline. Boys, you earned your money tonight. Didn't yeah, they just? didn't they just? Yep. Overtime. Mm. So the Cowboys, like Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, they're the team that can't be killed. I don't get it. Even with a stake to the heart. Oh, spoiler. (laughs) I'm not there yet. (laughs) Sorry. How's your heart now that the Sharky boys are out? Yeah, look, that was a tense one for me. I think I almost, uh, knowing that they had prospects, I think I almost cared about that one more than my beautiful St. George Illawarra Dragons getting beaded out. Look, if I can just say on the way here, I had a beautiful moment. I walked past a group of uh, Sharky boys and Cowboys fans in their jerseys on their way to Allianz. Carrying uh, rainbow placards, they just mm. come from the the marriage equality um, yeah. protest, which just it was just an image that made me really proud to be from Sydney. Yeah. Of course, then I got into the station, and not soon after, felt immense shame because I accidentally stole a pie that uh, that <laughs> Jeff Tyler from the newsroom had had heating up in the oven for four hours, and yep. I walked past and I was like, "Oh, there's a pie there." Um, mm. So it's, it's pretty been, Australian to eat someone else's pie, pie, though. Oh, I yeah. think it's very un-Australian to eat someone else's pie. So it's been a, an afternoon of ups and downs. Mm, I think that might have broken our camel's back yeah. somehow. Now, Rose, in the place where your heart should be, yep. any advice for the <laughs> Sharky Boys fans in their hour of despair after that display? Well, they need to cheer themselves up, and I know how I cheered myself up this week, and that was spending a week with my back row Just the Tip championship belt. I spent no. the whole week... Oh, I sh- you're kidding me. I showed my belt around Sydney. I took it to Harry DeWheels. We had a pie. I took it to where the entertainment centre used to be and showed it the <laughs> rubble. Uh, we ended up at World Bar, had a couple teapots with the belt, and uh, eventually ended up at Belmore, where I showed the Bulldogs what winning something looks like. I, I it's think like it's, a really subpar Olympic torch. It was a great four days. <laughs> I think it's so nice to hear you're spending time with your only family. <laughs> Tonight, it's a bunker bonanza. Woo! We find out that we've finally seen the real DCE, Daily Cherry Evans. Mm-hmm. And is it time for the finals to go back to the Burbs, our suburban grounds where this first round should have been played? We've got our regular features, the back wrap, back row of the week, and replacing just the tip, our new exciting feature, Animals in My House. <laughs> You're on Triple M's back row with AH, Chris and Rose. We'll be back in a moment. There it is, the Divinals with I Touch Myself. I have no idea how to back announce that song. No, oh, let me do it. That's an important <laughs> God, song no. for all women. And I tell you oh, what, no. if there were cameras in here, if you could somehow put action on the radio, I might have just broken the decency rules in dancing along to that one in the studio. Right. I can neither confirm or deny. You're on Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. 
Remember when the bunker was just something an American golfer you'd never heard of would chip out of to beat Greg Norman in yet another you know Grand Slam yep. golf tournament? Yeah, those were the days. Well, as Aussie Jaggers has t- t- uh, tweeted in for us this week, it's Bunker Palooza. Bunker Palooza. The bunker seemed to play an enormous role in pretty much every game except the Roosters and the Broncos, and I probably missed something there anyway. Yep. <laughs> but the debate is on in earnest about what we should do. So earlier today, Triple M and Fox Sports, Paul Kent said it's time to get rid of the bunker. He said, I think it's time we blow it up. Seems a little extreme, but there you go. <laughs> and get rid of it, which I assume if you blow it up, Is you will have got rid of it. song, Blow Up the Bunker? Blow up the bunker. $2 million a year it's costing, and the real contentious issue is it does nothing to fix the problem for us. So that's Kenny's view. Bill Harrigan, on the other hand, who's just come off that amazing call of Cowboys versus Sharks, says they need to come up with another criteria which is the referee actually hasn't got an opinion right. and says, I haven't seen what's happened and refers it to the bunker. I think we've decided to call that the bucket if I know. <laughs> bunker if option. I know. Bunker if bunker I know. If I, bunker if I know. Should it be, you know, because they know they put the T up for the try and the X up for the no try. Should it be something like both hands over the eyes? Like, I didn't see anything. I have no idea what's going on. Or I, a really animated shrug. Just a like shrug. A, uh? <laughs> yeah, like a... Uh, uh. What the... Uh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've got the choices there, guys. Uh, AH, what would you like to do with the bunker? Oh, God, I don't know. See, look, for me, as someone who I got into the game quite late, and I actually always quite liked the bunker because it would provide, like, explanation of rules when I was still, when I was still learning. Um, so, yeah, but I think there are definitely problems with the bunker. I like the idea of the bunker if I know sort of thing. Just a ref should be able to say, yep. oh, I don't know. Yep. That's a good improvement, isn't it? Bunker if I know. That's bunker if I know. Bunker if I know. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Rose? Uh, look, I think there's a problem with the format because it seems to be too... Uh, um, authorities on deciding a call that are struggling to communicate with each other. So the referee has to say it's a try or a no try before he throws to the bunker. With, and sometimes they just didn't see it. I think it's weird that the refs aren't allowed to say, I'm not sure whether this is a try or a no try. Yeah. And then when you get to the bunker, when you get to the bunker, the bunker has to make a decision on the evidence it's given. So the bunker has to go, Ins- uh, insufficient evidence, which is words <laughs> that we just can't stand on this show. Uh, there's a miscommunication there. Refs need to stand up and make the calls a bit stronger, but the ref should be allowed to say when they don't know if it's a result and the bunker can make the call from start to finish. Probably the biggest of all the calls during the weekend was the Tyrone Peachy try. Mm. which probably the snicker meter. Controversy. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it was a situation of bounced off his chest and then did he, in attempting to grab the ball, did it brush his finger before he fell on ring it for finger. the try? For the ring finger, as Freddie Fitler called it. Yep. <laughs> and the process was the referees can't overturn it unless they're supremely 100% confident yeah, that he touched it's it. so strange. So they follow the correct process, even if it's possibly the wrong call. Now, I imagine there's some very calm, manly and Cronulla fans out there would like to share their opinions <laughs> about the bunker. Why don't you give us a call on 13353? Yeah, it's yes. very academic. We're the back row. We're hoping to turn the NRL bunker into new medium-density housing. <laughs> the world is a vampire. Yes, Triple M's the back row with AH, Chris and Rose. And I believe we've got Mark from Blacksland on the line. Mark, you've got a view about the bunker, and I think you're drawing from the dark side rugby union in your opinion. What do Ooh. you think? <laughs> How are we, guys? Really good. Um, good champion. Yeah, in the union, they, they just turn around, the, the, the referee just turns around and to the bunker, I'm not sure, give me a reason why I should not award this try. And they go straight back up to the bunker, and the bunker either turns around and says, yeah, look, uh, the, the bloke was inside the kicker, you know, no try. Thank you very much. End of story. So, so what you're saying so, there is the referee says, I haven't got a clear view, I'm bunkered if I know, and then he relies on the bunker to resolve <laughs> it. That's your your view, well, Mark? No, actually, 
says, give me a reason why I cannot award this try. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. See, they're putting the pressure on... Look, realistically, the, 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 the league referee is around saying, I have a try. Well, if you think it's a try, call it a try. Right. Why don't you say, well, I have a try, but realistically, I don't know either. Mm. So, yeah. you know, go back up and, and review probably. Well, it's no try, so... The referees are, oh, man, I made a bit of a goose of myself, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for your opinion, Mark. I'm assuming one of the reasons is I just don't like that guy. No try. We appreciate your call. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks, Mark. Bye, boys. <laughs> and we've got Luke from Cronulla on the phone. Luke, how are you going? You must be suffering. Oh, I'm seething. <laughs> well, here's your chance. My See the way. My condolences, Luke. It's, it's not even the bad calls. It's the fact that Flanagan's now going to get fined for pointing him out. <laughs> yeah, but, it's a, a nice uh, parting gift to the NRL. Now this, helps with uh, infrastructure. On this point, oh. on this point, Chris, you were talking before the broadcast about how that the theory of that you think some of these coaches maybe take the hit on this controversial fining for saying that stuff just to keep his players together, right? That's right. I think, isn't he taking a hit for your players, Luke, so that you, know, you can transfer the blame, keep the boys up for 2018? Well, I mean... Yeah, like, I understand that, but it's like, if, well, where do we, like, start with people not being able to speak their mind, like, and getting fined, getting fined for saying that the ref is, like, bad when they were, like? Yeah, they should take well, the Des Hasler route and call him Voldemort, right, yeah. and just not, not refer to the ref. You can tell he's shook, right? It was very altruistic of, uh, of Flanagan to do that, though, taking one for the team, literally. <laughs> so, just, you're striking a blow for democracy, aren't you, Luke? It's just fighting people on the back for showing up. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a participation award. Like, no, you would bad. You're not going to ref another game in the finals this year, at least. Wow, right. Look, we appreciate your I passion, hope. Luke. And uh, if it's any consolation, at least you've got 2016 on DVD at home to enjoy. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll catch you soon. This is the back uh, row, Triple M. Thanks, Luke. <sighs> Whoa, what a weekend it's been! Four finals games decided by an average of four points or less. What a pity there was an average of only 4,000 fans to see them. You're on Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. Now, look, boys, uh, an issue, of course, today is refs absolutely... Oh, sorry, not refs, coaches absolutely blowing up at the refs. I mm, reckon Shane, Fla- Shane Flanagan's going to be down, you know, quite a fair bit of pocket money. That was a horrible sentence. Oh, he's going to be down a lot of pocket money. Oh, made sense. <laughs> made sense. But it, and it's something that's been an issue quite recently. Ricky Stewart's been pretty good, but of course we had, you know, Paul McGregor recently. And another one is Paul Green. Now, look, mm. Dennis Carnahan of Rugby League, the musical, he really has his finger on the pulse in relation to these matters. And he prepared this little ditty about Paul Green. Paul Green, Paul Green, Paul Green, Paul Green. I'm begging of you, please don't beg. Paul Green, Paul Green, Paul Green, Paul Green. Don't make them give you a ten grand fine. With Thurston Scott and Cooper gone, your outlook now is quite forlorn of winning like you did in 2015. And Alan Shortland, Ashley Klein, really know the way to wind up. Pressure coaches like Paul Green. Because that was the worst play refereeing display I've ever seen. Calling it the worst refereeing display ever. Probably wasn't all that clever. Just last week they find Paul McGregor, Paul Green. And you know that Brian Canavan is always going to take a stand. Because the NRL really needs 10 grand. Paul Green. Paul Green. 
exactly. Don't make him give you a 10K final, though it is really sweet for a club in crisis. Look, that was Dennis Carnahan of Rugby League, the musical. And you can go see Dennis live on Monday the 11th, Monday the 18th, and Monday the 25th for his Mad Monday series. And that's at the Bridge Hotel in Roselle. Love it. You're on the back row, Triple M. Rev it up indeed. Week two of the finals coming up next weekend. You're on the back row from Triple M with AH Chris and Rose. Now, Chris Gale, is that the sound of a coach opening his wallet and crying furiously after making scandalous claims against a bunker and a referee? No, it's the sound of Chris Gale's background. <laughs> Chris Gale, the back rap. I get those sounds confused in my head. Last Friday, finals were on our minds. The Sydney Roosters took on the Brisbane Broncos, and early the Broncos missed more one-on-one tackles than the Wallabies did three weeks ago against the All Blacks. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. But, guys, the Roosters couldn't seem to put the Broncos away. Isaac Liu was centimetres short. Fergo were hands of clay off a turnover, off a, a drop ball. Even Latrell had a bobble. And then Cordner looked like he was shot from the stands for a sniper. He went <laughs> yeah. down with the line yawning in front of him. So with about 10 to 15 minutes to go when Ferguson prevented Bags' as Marshall's 40-20 attempt... Mm. Did you know Benji's nickname is Bags? Bags. <laughs> that means something very different in inner city. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, according to Blake Ferguson, that's his nickname on PS4. 5 a.m. back in your mate Troy's house, Bags. I've got to say, I've never seen a player hoping in the replay to be out. I've never seen that before. He's like, please, please let me be out. Please have I really not made a magnificent play here. <laughs> to Corey Oates. But he did, and the Roosters were down by four. But then enter Latrell Mitchell, enter the young superstar. Yeah, what a star. He was high-stepping like Clint Gutherson imitating Steph Curry from the NBA (laughs) and scored the winning try. And who kicked the conversion? Good guy, Michael Gordon. Good guy. Roosters 24, Brisbane Broncos 22. Mm. Now, in uh, what was episode one of Blow Up the Bunker featuring Brad Brad Arthur, Parramatta went down to Amy Park to go down by two points to the Melbourne Storms. Mm. Thanks to my mate Pete for hosting a watching party yesterday. The guacamole was to die for. (laughs) After after the usual storm start, try off a forward pass, suddenly Cameron Munster went off script and he was put into the bin and Parramatta jumped to a 10-4 lead. Yeah. Mainly off the most beautiful no-look flick pass from Mitchell Moses, a pass that was like the guacamole, to die for. Oh, Mitchell Moses has really shone since he's come to the Eels. And watching that first half, firstly, the Storm weren't playing like the Storm in the first half. It was very strange. But the Eels looked like they could go all the way in that mm. first half. Holy moly! <laughs> they, they really, Sorry. They really, really muscled up. It was tremendous. However, yep. the storm, Storms adjusted at halftime and came out in the second half and scored two miracle tries off mm. hot potato moves. Mm. And Parramatta answered through Brad Takarangi crabbing across field like a magician showing more, throwing more dummies than you'd fight at a baby expo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> However, the Eels lost their discipline. Polar Bear the second Alvaro was put on report for striking. <laughs> is an elbow a penalty? Turns out an elbow is a penalty. Oh, what a surprise. You could really say that they uh, took a dip in quality by the end there. They oh. sure did corn chip away at their oh, prospects no. in the finals. We are at the business end of the season. <laughs> Thank you, Felix. Who would have expected that with a lineup that featured Addo Carr, Vuni Valu, and the great Rad Radra, that Kirisomi Ava'a was the best winger on the park? Mm. But it was not enough for the Eels. And we had the usual finish with Cameron Smith wrecking everybody yeah. and uh, <laughs> Will Chambers behaving like a pelican. The Storms advance. Storms. Love the bunker too. Trent Barrett.
Mm. Out at Allianz Stadium last night, an over, overly hyphenated Penrith Panthers prevailed over Manly Warringah <laughs> 22 points to 10 on a very, very slippery surface. A friend of mine who's a Panthers supporter said that that post-match uh, interview with Trent Barrett should be put up on Pornhub because he oh. found it so satisfying. Yeah. i, I got to say, <laughs> I, I wish was, I knew that, what, what that was. Yeah. I was working the Swans game next door at the SCG. That clash of Swans fans with Pen, uh, Penrith and, and Manly fans, what a sight. Mm. What a sight. Well, Incidentally, I only visit Pornhub for the articles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And the advertisements. <laughs> Wally the King Lewis added an interesting insight after five minutes when Penrith led 2-0, so go, well, after the early exchanges, no points on the board for either team, yep. <laughs> but he just sees things differently. <laughs> Dylan Walker single-handedly kept up the hate Manly campaign mm-hmm. with being involved in every treat shot and brouhaha that was on the field. <laughs> but really, it was a combination of Tyrone Peachy's finger of God, as he said, as you said, AH, check the snickometer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Bryce Cartwright coming back from a pretty tough season to score a brace of tries and another try involvement. And then young Nathan Cleary. And I still don't see the resemblance with his old man. No, I don't I, get no. it. Am I missing something I don't see here? it. It yeah. might be a profile thing. I don't know. Steered the boys home. Seriously, Peachy, Cartwright and Cleary. Exactly what era of a game are we watching here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the last word goes to Trent Barrett, who said... I hope that a grand final oh. isn't decided like this. Just... You're reading off Flanagan's script, yeah, obviously. Such unique perspectives. Yeah. And then in the final instalment of Blow Up the Bunker 3, courtesy of Shane Flanagan, his notebook, and Gal, <laughs> the North Queensland Cowboys have won in extra time, Unreal. not golden point, 15 right. points to 14. There was blood in the water early as the bunker awarded a try to Chad Townsend after three minutes, and it was a pretty slow first half. Only really highlighted by the fact that there was a loose carry by the FNQ Cowboys and Luke Lewis pushed the ball free and Dan Ganane said he's carrying the ball like a ghetto blaster. No, no, he said, oh, he's carrying the ball like a ghetto blaster. That's not what he sounds like. <laughs> so good to hear the word ghetto oh. blaster in this modern era. Ghetto blaster. Props, props to James Shut Maloney right for now. taking a shot to the head from Kyle Felt and not complaining. Unfortunately, he then ended in the Simpins <laughs> for 10 minutes soon thereafter. Though according to Flano, that was not a penalty. Mm. It was all Cowboys in the second half, but then Bird swooped in off a botched call at the play of the ball. Mm. The rest were conned, according to Ryan Gerds Girdler. And seriously, what's going on with these referees? They're making mistakes? They're getting conned? What's going on here? Mm, what's happening? Very out of the norm. Do you think that was a botched call in the play of the ball? No, I think it was fine. Yeah, I think it was fine too. Uh, but the Cowboys surged on the back of the new JT, Jason Taumalolo, got him back into the game <laughs> thanks to the bunker. And then it was just finishing in a blur. Gal was short. Morgan Potts a field goal. Fifi goes right when he probably should have gone oh, down the what middle. What was he doing? <laughs> oh, that was and horrible. the Sharks were gutted. Yeah, they were. Literally. They were gutted. Mm. And that is week one, the finals, the back row. You're on Triple M's, the back row. Uh. Uh. We've gone to the bunker. <laughs> the word has come back. We're still Triple M's, the back row with AH, Chris and Rose. Mm, I don't know. I think there was insufficient evidence yeah. for that. <laughs> Just turn me over anytime you like. Um, I think we're feeling a little guilty about the fact of the success of our Hate Manly campaign this season. No, never. No guilt. Might have worked a little bit too well. Who knew the referees were such big fans of the back row, eh? (laughs) They all listen. But look, Rose, I think we got some interesting insight after full time in the Manly Penrith game last night when uh, Joey Johns was interviewing DCE. What did it uh, speak to you about? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that interview with DCE showed to me that last night was not all bad for Manly because I think the one thing we got out of that is a real 
DCE interview. Will the real DCE please stand up? And I think he did last night because a lot of the um, the negativity thrown towards DCE this season is that he's a bit robotic in his media training, right? Mm. He's very, it was a game of two halves, the coach played, you know, like it's very... 110%. Yeah, I dare say. Yeah, it's, yeah I, dare, I dare say. It's very generic. And what happened last night after that game... Uh, you know, Manly players were full of emotion. I tell you what, Trebojevic looked like he wanted to throw someone through a wall. He was furious. Not even mm. his pl- his teammates would talk to him. He was just really ropeable. And uh, DCE was interviewed straight after the game. And uh, you could clearly see the only thing on DCE's mind was that bad call. And he was just, for the first time, I think, in front of a camera, he was honest. Sure. Like, he, he thought the call was a bad call and he thought it uh, it ruined the flow of the game. And for the first time... I felt emotion watching DCE in an interview. Mm. You could also see he had that nasty red patch on his forehead. I don't know if you know what was sort of wacky taken there, but he'd been on League Life earlier this week, and the team on League Life were pretty direct. They say, look, you're a bit odd. You say different things. What's that about? And he spoke rather emotionally about the fact that he is a very private person, mm. and he has a lot of walls that he puts up. But, AH, I think the walls were down last night when he spoke about the ring finger of God call with Tyrone Peachy. He said he was swearing black and blue mm. that he touched that ball. Are you feeling a little bit of positivity towards DCE? Oh, but towards DCE, yeah. I, look, I've been feeling for DCE for a long time. I think he's, uh, you know, so universally hated it. I know we joke about it on this show, but, um, you know, I, I think sort of pylons and everything, you know, no one should be a target. However, in terms of Manly losing, hell yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> Hate Manly. Exactly. Thank there you, Felix. At the beginning of this season, we decided that it was important, well, our radio season, we decided that it was important to bring back the Manly Hate campaign. They, uh, they'd been getting away with, you know, sort of uh, not enough derision for too long, and we've been successful. Who would have thought? <laughs> I've got some more evidence to try and soften you towards Manly. Now, Brenton Lawrence there, fiery prop force. Not going to work. It's, I'm a callous. <laughs> on, you'll like this. You'll listen to this, AH. And you, Rose. I'm listening. No, Rose, cover your ears. Brenton Lawrence <laughs> said, there needs to be an argument for the fact that if you don't want to play a rough game, don't play rugby league. That's mm. a good point. I don't know. I'll probably get shot by the NRL for saying that. And look, <laughs> let's face it, on Todd Greenboy's track record, he probably will shoot him. Yeah, I think that's the next punishment above 20 grand, right? Greenboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so take 40 grand or the rifle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like what he says. Well, it depends on what sort of rifle, doesn't it? That's what it is. It's a rough game. It's played by people who like being rough. Yeah. Knockabouts. That's what we are. Knockabouts. Blokes who like Gosh, punching language. in the head, getting hit hard, shaking it off and going again. Mm-hmm. Again, that sounds like your Saturday night, Rose. Because there's a bit of a thrill in that most people don't understand. That's what a rugby league player gets out of it, out of bed for. The fans love it. I mean, mm. that's great rugby league talk. That's from a Manly fan. Do you yeah. like him a little bit more, AH? Oh, look, absolutely. I don't. I think you've got me wrong here, boys. Also, I think that, like, why are you directing this at me when this was a universal campaign that we were all in on? I refuse to be the heel of this. Maybe I'm just the one with the most, um, you know, dignity and respect for the campaign, mm, well. which has extended a lot further than we ever thought it would. So, Producer Felix, you were in a, an Uber last night and even your driver, who is a Manly supporter, said that he listens to the show and he was a bit taken aback by our hatred of Manly, to which I say, stuff him. Yes, my lovely Uber driver, Jesse. Jesse, uh, shout out, Jesse. Staunch Manly supporter. Oh, they're all staunch. Who is that talking? But supports the campaign. Oh, it's Felix. Hey, <laughs> hello. Hey, buddy. Oh, hang on, what? <laughs> so, he's a Manly supporter, but he supports our hate Manly Well, campaign. he understands it. It gives him the emojo. Oh, that's cool. Mm, he okay. understands it as a Manly fan. I respect mm, that. No, it well, gives him the emojo, definitely. Well, yeah. I think that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. But let's face it, uh, the hate Manly campaign has been a terrific success. 
AH, I'm sorry you're carrying the can, but we did vote you secretary treasurer at the beginning of the yep. season. Oh, cool. And have a guess, Brent Lawrence, he's gone to the Gold Coast Titans Ooh. anyway. Good for him. You're on the back row with AH, Chris and Rose, Triple M. Maybe we're hating Manly a little bit less. No! Oh, hate Manly. You're listening to Triple M's The Back Row. We consist of AH, Chris and Rose. Wow. We are just three footy fans facing a very uncertain future. According to all our diaries on our phones, there is no NRL in the summer, guys. Mm. Nothing. Who knew? I thought you meant they're going to take us off the air. Very uncertain future. (laughs) Thank you, Felix. What am I going to do? I think that's almost guaranteed, but you can see that the cracks are opening in our group. (laughs) AH, I believe that you were donning the red and white of a different team in a different sport yesterday afternoon at the SCG. Is this correct? That is correct. That's up now? That's correct. I went to my first ever AFL game. Uh, My friend and Reese was like, you know, I've got a spare ticket. Do you want to come along? And I love Reese, so of course I went with him. First ever, first ever. Wow. Uh, well, you know, it's that other sport, aerial ping pong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, he said, oh, I'll even bring you a Guernsey. To which I said, mm, let's take some baby steps on this. So yep. I wore my Steelers jersey, same colours, but I did wear a scarf. Oh no, um, you know. Well, as we were talking about in Fake previous fan. games, the thing with a scarf, exactly. It's mm. such an easy buy-in. It's a cop out. It's a well, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> a scarf is the easiest way to pretend you're a fan of something, and so yep. I, I whacked it on for that. But I got it tell you, watching that game, which to me looks a lot like the Monty Python Pearl Harbor recreation sketch, <laughs> uh, I just felt like an idiot. We sat down, you know, a few minutes after uh, kick-off, sorry, after bounce, and bounce. Uh, and just pandemonium everywhere, and everyone around me knows, like, the, I thought the focal point was the people with the ball, and everyone's cheering at other stuff that's going on, mm. and I just thought, am I being punked here? Like, I just, <laughs> I felt so dumb. Turns out you were sitting in Allianz Stadium two hours before the Manly Panthers game. You weren't actually at the SCG. With That's the it. That's I just don't be get this game at all. Yeah. <laughs> did you get to your loud ball? <laughs> ball. I, I, ball! I did I did actually at one point I called for a penalty which was correct I, so I, I understood the game enough there and I did yell out a few get them on sides um, you know because I'm an asshole. Uh, but uh, yeah it was only afterwards that I got told that I could have just been calling ball the whole time. I have to say it was a really strange sort of bizarro experience because mm. I've been obviously in football um, environments for a long time but this was one that was just slightly different and I kind of felt like if we all remember the amazing uh, 90s show Sliders mm-hmm. I kind of felt like you know we'd been travelling for a while and I got back to what we thought was my own universe but then a few things were slightly different mm, yeah well you chose the right game to check out AFL for the first time AH because the Swans are on something really special this year now for those of you that don't know the story of the Swans this year they started off the season 0-6 six losses in a row mm, people not- were uh, people were dejected. People were sad about what was going on. Since that moment, the Swans have pulled their socks up, and I think only lost like two games. I Correct. Think, since then, uh, both to Hawthorne. Right. Interesting. Who are gone. Interesting. So, okay, right there, one kryptonite is out of the finals. So, I I, I started working for the uh, Swans four games ago. Uh, so I kind of came in late when a lot of the bandwagoners realised the Swans were run towards <laughs> the finals. But it, it's Tell unheard. Me, do you know of. what we need to turn this around? Rose. Yeah, we need some, we need some more beats. Uh, you know, but it is pretty amazing to go from a team who hasn't won a game in six games to, to being a team that who can beat? Like, no one can really beat the Swans right yeah. now. They are on a run to the final. Yeah, no team has had ever made the playoffs from a zero and five start. So zero and six is uncharted territory. Mm, mm. Now, it looks to me, though, from what I saw when I was dragged out there for the Carlton game, that you're slumming it up in that uh, soundproof <laughs> booth because I, I struggled to hear much music. I mean, the, yeah, during the game, dead, where, where, where were the beats? It was dead silent between the cheers. I found it so weird. Yeah, so you're not allowed to play music during the play of game, but I know, Chris, when you went to one of the games... <laughs> what is you, this, Russia? Yeah. <laughs> 
um, not songs. Uh, 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 I, I know when, when you were there, you said you could. I think there's weird spots. The SCG, it's not the ANZ Stadium. ANZ mm. Stadium has pretty world class speakers where you can hear it anywhere. I think there are definite dead spots in that stadium where people would have no idea I'm even working, but I, I get paid the same anyway, so I don't mind. And look, the question on everyone's lips what's the update with Sweet Caroline? It, it got played. Yeah. I thought of Rose as I always do, and Reese and I blasted along the lyrics. Bum, bum, bum. So here's a good example for you, AH. A, a, a little bit earlier, you were saying about why is the weight of the Hate Manly campaign on your shoulders? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing of the, with the Sweet Caroline. Why is the weight of Sweet Caroline on my shoulders? Because here? you were the only one who disagreed that it should be played at Swans games. I dis- I, I never said I didn't like the song. I said it should. It, it does not tie into AFL at all yeah. and they could find something that ties into Australia and the game better. Yeah, same so, context though. It was being played at an AFL game. So you're going to say that you actually weren't responsible for the playing of Sweet Caroline. That was a different section of I've the said entertainment, this right? Every time that Sweet Caroline is not played by me, it is not my decision. There's a video that goes up with the words with a little ball bounces along. Uh-huh. Touching me. I, touching, touching you. Yeah. Anyway, look, Sweet. I think oh. <laughs> it's, it's getting out of hand here. Mm. I think we owed a collective Apology to the rugby league community for all having gone to the Swans game. Yep. Yeah, but I, I, I think we I, need I to represented. pledge. I wore my Steelers jersey. Any props for the Steelers <laughs> jersey? Any recognition? No one knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I wore my Newtown Jets jersey to the Swans game. I got a pie in the face. <laughs> when it's all said and done, when the pads are all packed up, the refs have packed away the whistles, and the parking lots are empty. One show. With three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Please welcome AH, Chris, and Rose. We are in for something special tonight. This is the back row. Footy from the cheap seats on Triple M. We're still reeling from that searing press conference from Shane Flanagan, Paul Gallen. And his notebook. <laughs> the Cowboys 15 over Cronulla movie, 14. Right? He was watching the DVD. That's yeah. absolutely correct. The latest report from Townsville is that the local fire brigade has the fire at 1300 Smile Stadium under control, so there's nothing to be concerned about there. Good. Mm, that's good. How do we sum up the weekend? The bunker, it's back, baby. <laughs> bunker Palooza. Cronulla back to back. We don't think so. You're <laughs> on the back, back row from Triple M with AH Chris and Rose. Look, it's been a tough week globally with natural disasters all over and around the Americas in particular. That's even before we think of the man-made disasters going on over there. Yep. AH, you're a tornado of activity at all times. That's me. Plans for Broncos versus Panthers off to Suncor next Friday? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, of course, I'm going to be doing it on Triple M's dime. Fantastic. Um, flying right up there, and all I can say is go the Panthers. Do you think they're going to... Uh do a little bit of damage up there with the uh, bruised Broncos? No. Look, to be honest, I don't think they are going to win. It might do <laughs> no. a bit of damage, but uh, but not enough. But I'll still be cheering for them regardless. I love the fact that you made the effort to get up there. Oh, I'm sure it'll make a difference. <laughs> Just have to speak to Triple M's Petty Cash to make sure that that's all sorted. <laughs> well, I haven't met Petty yet. Is she nice? Oh, she's mm. lovely. Tremendous. Tremendous. Great with numbers. Oh, good. Rose, you're just a disaster. Yep. How are you seeing Eels versus Cowboys at the local Slippery Allianz Stadium next Saturday night? i, I got to admit... Eels versus Sharks sounded really good to oh, me. Was, no, I wanted it so much. I wanted it so much. Yeah, look, uh, now now that uh, the Eels didn't really pull it off against the Broncos and the Cowboys have pulled out something from nowhere against the Sharks, I'm actually looking forward to this one. I don't think the Cowboys can keep going. It's a game that's going to appeal to fans of... 
binge TV, people who like to watch The Walking Dead yeah. season after season, because that's who's taking on the Eels, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, they're, they're playing for the spirit of Jonathan Thurston, the Cowboys. You can feel it, and they want to win this one for the JT. spirit of Jonathan Thurston, he's still alive. I know he's not just up in the box, but really, yeah. they, they're really doing it for him. Yeah. <laughs> there oh, he is. As we He's said, up there looking down on them. Laughing down on we, them. We said before, that recording taken some straight inside Mitchell Pierce's brain. <laughs> on this hour, we'll be talking about the issue of whether we should take the first round of the finals back to the suburban grounds based on the empty vessel that was the death trap that is Allianz Stadium. We're going to talk about cheap tricks, not the band. Nope. But things that happen on the footy field and other sporting arenas to get that little 1% edge. Best friends forever, James Graham and Josh Reynolds. BFFs. Are they? BFFs. Mm. We've got Back Row of the Week. And don't forget our podcast extra, the Back Row Catch-Up Triple M podcast extra for those who need more of us on a Monday. You're listening to the Back Row Triple M. Welcome back to Triple M's The Back Row with A.H. Chris and Rose. And now it's time for our regular segment, Just the Tip. Oh, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> that, one's, that one's gone. So... Chris, can I just say before we move on, some people say Prince is too self-indulgent. I don't see it. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing like a little bit of chamber orchestra to back yeah. it on the end of one of the greatest guitar solos of all time. It's nothing put- like a four-hour, four-hour, four-minute outro, you know? I'm going to put two minutes of strings at the end of this one. That's my Prince. And were they wind chimes? <laughs> it's almost as good as you can aim. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's an oh, eight-minute it song. sound like that. <laughs> can I do my Alan Jones at this particular point? It was such a disgrace. The refereeing out there, Buzz Rothfield is sending in his ticket. He's not going to play the money anymore for that sort of display. And I who- can't believe believe we've dedicated 43 minutes seconds to this. Who is I'm Macklemore really, oh. anyways? <laughs> Buzz Rothfield, Cronulla fan. 49. And now it's time for our new regular segment, Animals in My House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Wait for the segment. Now look, if you uh, live on the internet, as I do, you would have seen a little video this week that set the world on fire. They ended up on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and so many other things. And that's an Irish family who had a bat in their kitchen. Um, and just the uh, the commentary of the video there sent everyone a little bit wild. So firstly, I've got some things to say, but let's have a little listen to some of that. Catch him, Daddy! Catch him! You're doing great! You're doing great! Jeez! Catch him, Daddy! You're doing a great job, Daddy. You're t- oh, that's it. Stand up there. Oh! Did you get him? No, he's there. He's making a mockery out of you, bye. You get down off the take off them shots. The dog's pissing. Get the dog after peeing. (laughs) So two animal problems in one go. The dog was so frightened of this situation, or so energised perhaps that it uh, did a little bit of a piss. But look, the thing is, I think particularly in Australia, the concept of animals in your house is uh, is quite a common thing. So I have my own story of that. Where uh, one day I was in my apartment, and we've got like the the back door leading onto the balcony. We usually leave it open just so there's there's enough light. And I'd spend at least a million dollars on two avocados. I walked into my kitchen and saw a magpie on the fruit bowl just going to town on my avocados. Smashing them by any chance? Absolutely smashing them. And so I walked in and I went, hey, that's all I could think of to do. You speak magpie. This magpie, (laughs) this magpie not only did not fly away, it looked me straight in my eyes, the very windows to my soul. They'll do that. And without breaking eye contact, just went back onto the avocado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He disrespected me in my own home. Hollywood fit. And the worst bit is, <laughs> the worst bit is, I realised that 
it, it can't have been a spur of the moment thing. He had to have done a few reconnaissance moments to come on in. Boys, do you have any other? It's calculated. Mm. Well, yeah, I got one. Uh, when I was a kid, here's a strange one. When I was a kid, I was a weird kid. Can you, uh, can you believe that, guys? Oh, a surprise. I used to treat sleeping <laughs> like a game. So I'd listen to different... <laughs> Like, no, hang on, hear me out. I used to listen to different types of intense music into headphones as I'd go to sleep to see what kind of dreams each type of music would give me. I, right. I enjoyed, like, scary dreams when I was a kid, yeah. so I'd listen to, like, weird music. Bong on, right? Yeah. Bong on. <laughs> so I'd be sitting there, and I'd have these weird morning dreams where I'd hear sounds in the house. Yeah. And I'd, re- like, I'd hear someone walking through the house, and then I'd wake up and go, oh, there's no one here, it's just me. And mm-hmm. that happened pretty often, right? Sure. One morning, I heard the sound of what was like clip, 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 clip through the, my house. And I was like, <laughs> sounds like there's like a dog. We don't own a dog. This is fine. And I get up and I walk out the front door. There's a dog, a random <laughs> dog in my lounge room. This little white dog. It must have gone through the side of the house. This was back in the suburbs of Hurstville. It must have come through the house and just walked into the house. And there's, there's just this random dog. I had no idea who owned it. It took one look at me and just ran away. Just I ran. thought you, when you said clip clop, clip clop, I, I thought you were going to say there was a horse. Oh, exactly. Just well, went into your house. Just a donkey and, or something. And, and Shetland pony. If you've seen Twin Peaks, you'll know that that's a very terrifying <laughs> thing to happen. Yeah. Well, I just went, I just went, it's got to be a dream because there's definitely yeah. not a, a small horse in my lounge room. Andrew, it was just a large dog. Andrew Sarah Palmer Rose. Yeah, right. It would have been a cool story if it had been a horse. But still nice. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. In our situation, we used to live on a house that uh, was adjacent to a big park. And we had a cat no longer with us, I'm afraid, Lily. Oh, violate Lily. But Lily was an inveterate mouser, terrific on the rats. Right. Mm. You know, you'd often wake up with the uh, morning paper, a pint of milk, and three beheaded rats on your front doorstep. It's a gift for the family. It's amazing that she got the milk for you. (laughs) But one day... Very easy to train. Yeah. High IQ. You look for that in cats. (laughs) One of the criteria. What's their their IQ like for house chores? (laughs) Anyway, we uh, ended up with a very, very unusual sound coming from behind the TV cabinet, mm. and Lily had managed to secure a full-size duck, Ooh. <laughs> and the duck was hiding for dear life behind the TV cabinet. It, had, it was playing dead, right. and, you know, Lily goes, if I can get a mouse, I can get a duck, yeah. <laughs> and uh, really, you know, uh, swung for the uh, cheap seats right. and uh, secured a duck, and yeah. it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Catch him, Daddy! Catch him! <laughs> yeah. That gets the blood going, doesn't I it? I tell you, that's mm. a real juxtaposition to that Purple Rain Prince song, isn't it? Yeah. One's, one's very to the point. I think I prefer song two to song three. Yeah, that's true. The other true. one we often play during the show. They went downhill after song Both two. Both great, though. No one touches song one. Yeah. <laughs> no. It was their experimental period for Blur. <laughs> You're on the back row, Triple M, AH, Chris and Rose. With him breaking the all-time NRL games record, we now have 356 reasons to dislike Cameron Smith. Mm. Mm. Now, one of the issues that I think really was burning the hearts of fans, particularly Manly and Cronulla fans, who, let's face it, both have been bundled out of the finals in week number one, was the current NRL system dictates that they played their home game for round one at Allianz. Yeah. Not yeah. at Fortress Lotterland, not at the SCG Shire-style Southern Cross Group Stadium. Now, I believe that about eight or nine years ago, the decision was made. I think it was the Rabbits playing the Dragons slash Steelers that they got uh, sold out Cogger and they figured they could have put 40,000 to 50,000 into Allianz or ANZ, whatever it was called back in the day. Mm. So they changed to this format. But as we saw this weekend, sparsely populated stadium Allianz for all games. Yeah. It's a TV spectacle, isn't it, Rugby League? Don't we need a full house? Should we be taking those round one games back to 
the burbs. Look, I, ex- I absolutely think we should. But look, if I can just sort of uh, chuck in a little story. So my friend Chris, Chris Foster, massive fan of the Sharky Boys from the Shire. Go the Sharky Boys. Dearly. Go Sharky They're Boys. Gone. They're gone. Go on, Sharky um, Boys. He rushed to buy tickets to this game right. and uh, and spent quite a lot of money in getting those tickets. Not long afterwards, I think it was Friday morning, they announced that every single ticket in the place was going to be $15. Uh. And he was just like, what do I do here? Do I spent so much money on this and now I could have just waited and got the best seats in the house for 15 bucks. If this had been at a, at a suburban ground, it wouldn't have been an issue. Same thing happened to me with Lionel Richie. Went straight out, bought the platinum, <laughs> and in every seat, sixty nine bucks drives you crazy, Rose. Um, look, it, it's got to be. You know, I always say, what's the answer to nine nine out of a hundred questions? Money. It's got to be money based, right? Because yeah. I know for a fact that some of these teams that play suburban games, they lose money, even with packed houses for some of these suburban games, right? So oh, they, really? It's not. It's not necessarily a money making machine for the teams. Whereas a lot of the teams get paid to play it at half empty okay. ANZ Stadium. Okay, but here's the subtlety here. These are actually NRL games, not put on by the club. Sure, you're right there. So the yeah. Tigers, for example, probably barely break even with a well-attended Leichhardt game and they get paid money for an empty ANZ stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's from the stadium people there. But the NRL with their rivers of gold in the uh, Chairman Smith $50 million war chest that's been stashed away mm-hmm. for semi-red Raja get hold of him quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't they direct some money to the clubs to say, we'll uh, give you compensation to put the game on here and then we've got an exciting spectacle. Yeah. yeah. Now, now look, we averaged less than 18,000 peeps mm. per game this weekend. Which is embarrassing. It's not great. Mm. The AFL, 58,000 peeps per game. Yeah, yeah. well, the Swans are on a tear, though, and they are a very, very uh, big team to Sydney. So that this would've... is the first week of the finals. Surely that's equivalent. Um, yeah, but, you know, the, the, the games were on the same day. I mean, the, the Panthers-Manly mm. game was literally next door to the Swans game. So uh, that, that definitely has uh, broken up the numbers a bit. Uh, the, you know, the, the Manly-Panthers game is probably... The biggest blockbuster of the first round, though there wasn't yeah. any like real. Like, that's why I was really hoping the Sharkies got through, so we have a blockbuster. Sharks Eels would have been it, yeah, such a it great would have game. been yeah. huge, right? And yeah. I think the game needed that blockbuster game. Mm. Uh, uh, the issue is, is that three out of the four games in this weekend were played at Allianz. There was the one game up in Brisbane, but that's uh, why would you not have a game where Manly have home field advantage from performing? At Lotto Land, why do they all have to cross the bridge, which you know they hate doing, yeah. manly people? Yeah. Why do they have to cross hate the bridge manly. to come and watch their team play when it should be at Lotto Land? Why do the Sharkies fans have to drive up to Allianz to watch that performance mm. when they could be at the real SCG down in Cronulla? Exactly. Todd Greenberg, we're waiting for your call. Now, look, the other thing, though, is whilst they got these bumper crowds at the AFL, part of it was pent-up demand for Richmond Tigers fans. It was a record crowd at SCG, by the way, 46,500. Yeah, wow. and, they, and they got 91,000 at the MCG for the Tigers. Oh, 16,000 today for Cronulla. Who do they play? The team that cannot die, the Walking walking Dead, the North Queensland Walking Dead. (laughs) But let's face it, the average margin was less than four points a game across our four magnificent spectacles. And in the AFL, it was 39 points a game. Blowouts. All of them blowouts. So sure, AFL gets more people, but they're less entertained, aren't they? Yeah. No, no, no. It's yeah. A, we have the better game, just people don't show up to it. <laughs> we are Triple M's, the back row. We think NRL rules. Yeah. Back soon. <laughs> That's Mick Ronson, guitar volley, David mm. Bowie, Gene Genie. Mm. Tremendous about the great Iggy Pop. You are on the back row, Triple M, with AH, Chris and Rose. We're relieved that the Allianz death trap has got through with flying colours this weekend. <laughs> I mean, the, the games were so poorly attended, they just felt like Roosters' regular season games, <laughs> including, the regu- including the Roosters game itself. Yep. Now, A.H. Kayleigh, 
You've got your finger on the pulse of Sydney. There's I been do. a little bit of controversy about in-city art this week, I believe. That's true. Look, on this show, we have a pretty deep connection to the suburb of Newtown. Of course, we're all... Can the Jets. Can the Jets. We all follow the Jets. Got good mates there at the Jets. Hello to Albie Tallarico, if you're listening. Uh, I used to live in Newtown. You know, we've, we've all got deep connections there. And look, boys... This week, there's a mural on uh, Enmore Road, sort of on the corner of the block where the uh, Midnight Special Bar is, which used to be my local, um, which has a lot of animals, but based uh, painted into Newtown, and it says it's like a jungle sometimes, and it's historic, and it's beloved, and it's a real part of the fabric of Newtown. Now, this week, um, that was painted over with a mural advertising Jennifer Lawrence's new movie, which is called Mother which is an outrage. Now, look, the agency that did it is called Apparition Media and what an apparition it was coming up overnight. Of course, they're from Melbourne. Of course. So they don't respect... Yeah, I blame the storms. Don't respect our culture and the beauty and the work that's gone into this city and its history. Uh, And, look, they didn't even seek permission. And so they got absolutely reamed for it, Mm. including by director of the movie, Darren Aronofsky, who tweeted, Just read of ad agency in Sydney breaking number one graffiti rule. I'm embarrassed and furious. Apologies to BB. The artist is is Colin BB. I'll pay to replace the piece. Well, I just learned something. There's rules to graffiti. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. I thought you yes. just spray whatever you wanted wherever you well, wanted. Well, look, I agree that it's a that it's an ephemeral art form, but you know, this is a mural that had been there for years and was so deeply loved by the community. Mm. And look, this whole incursion of Melbourne culture in terms of the murals that they're painting over up in Sydney, there's a worrying precedent, isn't there, Rose, down in Melbourne itself? Well, yes, the NRL's made a real statement this week down in Melbourne by painting up a mural of Cam Smith. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. A man who needs more adulation. Yeah, yeah, I know, like we don't all get how great he is. Uh, I'll tell you what, Chris and I, we looked at that mural before the show. I don't think it looks anything like Cam Smith. They sort of went for a cleft chin. I mean, I, it's, Cameron's got a bit of cleft work, but this looked mm. like the Grand Canyon on the poor guy's chin. You know those like bad video games ten years ago where they say this is a famous person and it just looks like a like a generic melted uh, action figure <laughs> or like a, a generic curator character? It doesn't look like Cam at all, except for the size of his massive head. That's mm. that's accurate. Let me tell you, if I start seeing murals of JT around the inner city of Sydney, we are oh, done. Oh, no. I tell you what, though, what was that mural called? It's like a jungle out there? It's like a jungle sometimes. So sometimes, it is based on, right. the, on, on the song by Grandmaster Lash. I was, I was going to say, with that uh, creative agency, it's a wonder that they won't go under, wouldn't it be? <laughs> You're on the back row, Triple M. <laughs> You're on Triple M's The Back Row with A.H. Chris and Rose. Speaking of Rose, you have something to say about something that you observed on the field during the finals this weekend. Oh, so we have to speak of Rose? We yeah. do. We're speaking. Look, the Eels-Storms game. There was something... That happened. It was just a very, very quick glimpse of something that happened in that game during play. I don't know if everyone listening picked up on it, but this was the absolute highlight of the game for me. When the Eels and the Storms packed down for a certain scrum in that game, you can see a hand reach down from the Eels side and untie the shoelace of like one of the Storms players oh, in the scrum. I love it. That's Cheeky, a one percenter. Bloody larrikin. What an amazing move. And it made me think of one of our one of my most popular segments we're bringing back for the first time. It's <laughs> Tricky Tricks. <laughs> I can't be mad at this one. This is a good music bed. Tricky, 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 tricky. 
Yes, that's right. Tricky tricks. We're going to talk about all the famous tricky tricks that go down in sport. Chris Gull, do you have a fond tricky trick in sport? I've got a few rugby league ones. Of course, Jimmy Maloney, the non-accessory yes. to the game, is an absolute pass master of finding any loose boot on the ground and hurling it into the seventh row. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, yeah to, the shoe throw. To go get he was it. aiming for John Howard. <laughs> to, to mentally destabilise his opposition player. Um, we've seen a couple of classics over recent time. I think it was Corbin Sims grabbed the wheels of Willie Mason as they were mm. about to do a turnover. <laughs> the wheels. <laughs> that's what we're calling them. And, and Willie Mason seemed un, unfazed by the whole thing. Uh, I think there was also your mate Josh Reynolds might have um, just given a little butt pat to Aidan Caesar as he was packing the scrum out of Belmore one that's day. Just, that's just being friendly. They're just mates. Yeah, they're just mates. That's and if you're, uh, of course, your mate Josh Reynolds doing the uh, the classic tricky trip, which was sort of a signature move for him, wasn't it? Pretty obvious when he does it, though. <laughs> He's bringing that class of the Tigers next Just year. Just a cheeky And Kenny American. Edwards will be plying his trade next week in the Eels versus the Walking Dead. Loves to celebrate an opposition error with his teammates and grab the opposition player now, into that the one, huddle. That one I love. Grabbing you know an what? opponent into a celebration is just such a great tricky trick. He learned that one from my beautiful darling, uh, Mick Ennis, who, who used to do it a lot. He even did it to Thurston last season. I think it's just so funny. Pretty funny. And of course, the head pats. Laugh about that one, JT. This is how you get your grub status. <laughs> now, there's other sports uh, we can think about as well. Baseball is synonymous for a lot of tricky tricks. The the uh, the pitchers will put pine tar in their pockets and sometimes on their neck. I noticed a guy get caught with pine tar on his neck mm. the other day, and essentially they're trying to get some of that tar onto the ball. Cricket style. You want to get oh, a bit of swing ball on the ball. Yeah, yeah. Ball Which tampering. is what happened to Willie Mace. Well, yeah, at least exactly. I, think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, I wouldn't know where to buy pine tar, let alone put it on my neck. I don't know. It's a baseball thing. Well, it, you can buy it at, uh, they use it for like dandruff and stuff. Yes. Oh, no, that's coal tar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, we, we remember the famous NFL of deflating the balls, deflate gate. Yes, yes, that was uh, really Tom to Brady. Tom Brady letting the air out of some balls before. For a big game. Tossed out for four weeks. Yeah, to Because he was gate. tossing flat balls. <laughs> and Bangladesh. What happened to Willie Mason? And Bangladesh this week were accused of rubbing the ball into the dirt and full vision of the Bangladeshi cameras mm. to get an unfair advantage in a game that they ultimately lost to the Australians. Mm. Any other tricks that come to mind, guys? Uh, not for me. Oh, look, uh, the, I wish the, you hadn't crossed me for that. There's there's a plethora of tricky tricks, and I'm sure at some point we can revisit some of the other great tricky tricks. But if there's anyone there out on the Twitterverse or on the phone lines that think there's a tricky trick we've missed, hit us up. We mm. want to hear it. One, One triple, triple three, You're on Triple M's The Back Row. <laughs> You're on Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. We've got Mark from Campbelltown on the line. Mark, you've got a tricky trick for us? Um, Ryan Girdle was actually talking about it a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. With the, the Canberra Raiders used to uh, make the opposition dressing rooms really hot. Ooh, um, that's a good one. In the middle of winter. <laughs> and so when you ran out into the field, you'd be all nice and warm, then you'd run out and you'd suddenly cramp up. I love oh. that. Just it, when in doubt, hotbox the opponents. <laughs> Thermal shock. <laughs> Need a lot of pickle juice for that one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for that, Mark. We'll put that one in the file. No Thank you, Marky Mark. Have a good night, mate. Cheers. Nice call there from Mark. I agree. That's a good tricky trick. Now, Chris, we talked a lot about the dissension in rugby league this weekend, but there are some people becoming friends and doing good things for each other. Look, there is always good to have a feel-good story in rugby league because we don't get enough of them. It's very rare. Thankfully, because we love all the atrocities and disasters that keeps us going here on the back row. But there was some um, really, really nice words exchanged between James Graham and Josh Reynolds after their last game in their press conference. Let's have a listen. It's half me. This guy's become one of my best mates and he's going to be moving on to past his new and it's 
and it's sad, but sport does that to people, doesn't it? It brings people together. As I said before, you know, it's a, it's a made-up game with made-up rules, but it just has these mad emotions attached with it, doesn't it? And brings you, you know, brings you close with people that, you know, from opposite sides of the world. You know, I grew up as a kid in Liverpool, easy bouncing around Belmore, and then, you know, best of friends, aren't we? Hope so. When he said that to me, oh, it's just such an honour. It really is. Like James said, little things like that, the friendships we create and the moments that I'll cherish forever are what I'll really take out of this. You know, footy's footy. But um, mates, they hopefully last forever and um, that's why I love this guy. I really do. It's, it's, it was massive. It really was. Aww. Now that really warms my heart because, firstly, I mean, that, that's beautiful to hear two players talk about each other like that. But, but more importantly, they're both bulldogs players, which is a very, very rare thing for the doggies. The, the one thing <laughs> I very be nice. Yeah, what was interesting about me is that uh, James Graham was born in Liverpool. You can't tell by that accent. Can no, anyone translate any of that team. for me? <laughs> yeah. How did that make you feel, Edge? Oh, look, I just thought it was really lovely. I think, look, this is a game where it's often full of a lot of bravado and a lot of sort of, oh, what's this? Ooh. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, sort of people playing like the Herculean characters and stuff like that. And I just, <laughs> I thought it was really lovely to get a sort of, um, you know, realness to it. That's why we're playing That's What Friends Are For. Yeah, but there's even more detail to this story. At the Bulldogs end of year celebration this week, Chairman Ray Dib told the story of how in the Josh Reynolds negotiation where they were putting a three-year offer on the table, James had a thing called a ratchet clause, which was about 100K would go to him if the salary cap went up, which mm-hmm. it did. And he said, don't give it to me, give it to Josh. Said, oh, that was a great Russian no, accent, no. Yeah, well, Chris. Just quickly, well, he's a spy. just quickly, ratchet clause. Ratchet clause. Is that, is that when you get too ratchet and that yeah. money's to bail you yeah. out of jail? Yeah. <laughs> so in a really, really selfless act, James said, please give my 100K to Josh. Next year, Josh Reynolds, West Tigers, James Graham, St. George Illawarra, Dragon Steelers. <laughs> You're on the back row, Triple M. <laughs> Boom. Triple M's the back row with AH, Chris and Rose. And we're just putting the finishing touches on our submission to the Senate inquiry that's just been announced into what's wrong with Australian Rugby Union. Mm. Mm. Plenty. It's pretty succinct. Everything. Let's go yeah. to recess. Two words. <laughs> dud game. <Yeah. laughs> it's a made-up game with made-up rules, according to James I, Graham. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, that is one of... I feel pangs when I hear James Graham say it's a made-up game with made-up rules, because oh, yeah. that's true. It's true. Every, every game is. But isn't life just a made-up game with made-up rules? Oh, deep. deep. It's very deep, Chris. I look to James Graham to lead us out of this mess that is contemporary society, and we're looking for heroes to join our back row because it's time for a back row of the week. Back rower of the week. Can I go first, guys? Yeah. Good. Because uh, mine's pretty straightforward, <laughs> pretty earnest. Whoa. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> Were they not supposed to say that? No, no, you were meant to go first, but I mean, you don't have to ask permission here. Oh, we're, uh, it's a safe space. I'm trying to be nice, you know, all that James Graham, Josh Reynolds That's audio right. is making Mate, me... Hey, Rose, it's a made-up game with made-up rules. That's true. Well, you know, something that isn't made up is uh, my love for the next back row. I'm going to get a little bit personal here. Uh, on, mate, you, you, you told me you weren't going to mention this uh, about yeah, you and me. Okay. Okay. Come on. Yes, 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 very good. My back row of the week uh, this week is my partner Zoe. Yay, oh, Zoe. Zoe. And, uh, oh, thank you. She gets a ding and a clap. Uh, my partner Zoe. Is that what you call it? Uh, tomorrow is our seven-year anniversary as a as a Aww. couple. Uh, so uh, I'd like to uh, award her with back row of the week because anyone who can put up with me for seven years absolutely needs to hit up a line for my team because they are made of steel. Is this in lieu of a gift? 
Oh, I, I got this. you a shout-out on the radio. Every day with me is a gift. Oh, she knows this. Tell me about it. She gets 365 <laughs> gifts a year. <laughs> is that what you call it? Love you, darling. As opposed to the 356 reasons why we hate Cameron Smith. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I feel like throwing out mine and making Zoe back row for the week for the exact reasons you just you said. You are not allowed you, to make her your to. back rower. I, I want to hand it jointly to former South Manly and Cowboys prop Ian Roberts and, of course, the National Rugby League itself. Because... Yes. The National Rugby League has answered the call from the Great International to endorse same-sex marriage. Roberts wrote a letter to Todd Greenberg earlier this week imploring him not to miss this moment in history. And Todd responded on Friday saying he recognised the right of all Australians to make their own decision on how to vote in the poll, which begins next Tuesday. But one of the key pillars of Rugby League is inclusiveness. Mm. And the game has a duty to back up its policy with action. There is a place for everyone in Rugby League. It might be as a junior, a volunteer, a match official or an NRL player. And we need to treat everyone equally both on and off the field and that's why we will publicly support the same-sex marriage proposal. So kudos to Ian and kudos to Todd and kudos to my crew who is out there at the rally today in Sydney, Yes for Marriage Equality, Colin Bryan, Tim Hanan, Pete Lisa, Damien Jules, Annie, Dan, Fergus, George, Steph, Frank, Margie, and my partner, MJ. Wow. You're all back rowers of the week. That's a crew. Uh, and look, if you do want to support the Yes campaign, you can. Go, I think it's fair to say that the back row supports mar- the call for marriage equality. Triple go to yes.org.au um, and you can find out how to uh, how to actually join the campaign, do a phone bank, um, yeah, and get the word out there and hopefully... And make sure you vote. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that's very important is try to get your ballot back within 24 hours. You know, of course, we know that if you get something in, like a bill or whatever, and you put it to the side, we're all very busy and you sort of just never get around to it. So try, if you can, to get it to the post box within 24 hours of receiving it. A.H., your back row? Yeah, look, mine's a bit of a personal one. Um, my Oh, here we go. My back row of the week this week is um, a friend of mine, Alexandria Harbin. Um, we went to Smith Hill High School in Wollongong together, and she... Um, she died this morning, seven years, seven, 27 years old. Uh, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer only 20 months ago when she was 25. It is so rare in women our age. Yep. And the thing is, it might not have needed to be terminal, but it took so long. It took ages for her to get the right diagnosis and then the right treatment. Um, and that's because there's just still not enough research into it. So, look, if our silly little show has ever raised a chuckle in you, um, I'd like to ask if you can afford it to please consider raising a donation to the ovarian Ovarian Cancer Research Foundation, which you can do at ocrf.com.au. It's an absolute bastard of a disease, and it could affect you know your mother, your daughter, your wife, your niece, your friend, your sister. So even though we know that the majority of Triple M listeners are men, it's not just a women's issue, and it's something that could affect you. So that link again is ocrf.com.au. And while you're there, you can also find out more about the um, you know the symptoms, things to look out for, and that kind of thing. So um, my backer of the week this week is Alex, and I love you very much, but. Really well said. Um, all the Thanks, best guys. from us goes out to Alex and her family. Really tough time and great words, AH. Thank you. Uh, shall we um, just finish with some final thoughts, guys? Yeah. Yeah. How have you got for us, Rose? Well, look, it's it's been a, it's been a hard weekend for a lot of fans of this game. And, uh, you know, you've got to deal with loss uh, in many different ways. And, and it's beautiful to see everyone out there in Sydney today with the flags, supporting what they believe in. Uh, and, I, and I hope everyone gets out and votes the way they feel next week. Thanks, yeah, mate. H, anything? OCRF.com.au. Please consider raising a donation. Yeah. And just perhaps to leave us with a bit of a smile in what's a bit of a tough time, mm-hmm. um, we promised to call Benji Marshall Bags all next season <laughs> for the West Tigers. Bagsy! Oh, Thank Bagsy. you for listening. Thank you, Felix, for all your support during this particular evening. You have been on the back row, Triple M, AH, Chris and Rose. Come on the footy.
You've been listening to the Back Row Catch-Up. Hear it live on Triple M Sydney, Sunday night, right after the footy.